0: Welcome back to the LifePoint Drivecast. My name is Paul. I'm the teaching pastor for the Marion campus. I love that you joined us today on the Drivecast. Thanks so much. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas, uh, really celebrating, remembering, and worshiping Jesus uh, because on Christmas, he was born beginning this epic march to the cross uh, that would save us from the penalty of our sins. And so, man, I'm I'm fired up about that. And uh, again, thankful that you're joining us here on the Drivecast. Uh, Today's devotional content, comes from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 21. I'm gonna go ahead and read the text for us and then we'll we'll dig into this a little bit uh, because, man, I think it just leads us to worship and that's always a good thing. The text says this, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As through God, we were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Those are some powerful verses. And I think, of course, we need to be asking... Well, if we've been saved by the gospel, if we've been made into new creations, uh, as just a verse before this passage would say, then we need to take seriously the command to be messengers of this great uh reconciliation uh, that we have in Christ, that we need to, to share the gospel with people, to tell people that they can be reconciled to God. They were once alienated, as we looked at in Colossians 1, Colossians 1 on Christmas Eve. Uh, we were hostile in mind, we were doing evil deeds, but we, through faith, can be reconciled. But where I really want to key in this morning is on verse 21, that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You know, this past Sunday, uh, Christmas Eve, I really uh, sort of dug into that uh, a bit because Colossians 1 um, also addressed that concept that in his body, in a sense, uh, we were then reconciled through his death on the cross. And so I began to look at this and, and ask this question, well, how is it and why is it that Jesus had to be born with a physical body, with flesh, with bones, with blood? Why couldn't he just come as a spirit. I mean, he is God after all. And to answer that question, we went a couple of different uh, places. We looked at uh, the book of Hebrews uh, and we also looked at uh, Leviticus chapter four. Uh, I think what we have to understand in order to rightly just be in awe uh, that Jesus was God in the God and God in the flesh in terms of, again, skin, bones, and blood, uh, and sinew, like, like why? Um, Why did he have to do that? And so if you go to Leviticus chapter four, which is, I know, one of all of our favorite books in uh, the Bible, it says this in verse 22, and and it's talking through really this whole chapter. I'm just gonna read a section for us. I'm actually gonna read verse 27 instead of 22. Um, But it's this, what, what do you do in the Old Testament context if you have sinned, right? Sin creates enmity or separation between us and God. And so if they sinned, what did they then do to be reconciled to God. What was the process? Well, we know God put in, in place this uh, process of animal sacrifices to make atonement or payment for our sins. And and the details uh, that were given in Leviticus chapter four, I think, uh, just emphasize the wonder of Jesus. And so verse 27, it says this, if any one of the common people sins, and they've already gone through if a leader sins or if the high priest sins, but I'm just reading this one, If any of the common people sins unintentionally in doing any one of the things that by the Lord's commandments ought not to be done and realizes his guilt, or the sin which he has committed is made known to him, he shall bring for his offering a goat, a female without blemish. Uh, Previously, we saw it was a goat, a male, um, and with the high priest, it was a bull. Uh, But in this particular instance, bring a goat uh, without blemish for his sin, which he has committed, verse 29, and he shall lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and kill the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. And so the the picture you get here is this person has sinned and they're like, oh man, I'm I'm now separated from God. I have sinned. I can't be really in relationship with God because of my sin. So then in order to pay for that sin, I have to go to my flock uh, and I have to find the most perfect goat that I can. And other places it's a lamb, you know, it's all sorts of different animals, but in this instance, it's a goat. And what I have to then do is I have to to get my cart. I got to tie this goat up because he's probably not going to want to go with me. And as soon as he sees a bunch of other dead goats, he's probably going to start freaking out. And so this goat is, is, you know, doing whatever goat sounds they make, you know, and he's kicking and he's, he's yelling and whatever else. And you've got to sort of wrangle this goat. You got to take him to a certain place. And then you have to look at this goat in the eye. You have to place your hand on its head. And you essentially have to think through this process, goat, you are going to die because I have sinned. Now that, that's a difficult thing to do. And then you got to slit the goat's throat. It's blood spilled so that you be reconciled to God. And so why did Jesus then have to be born on Christmas with a body of flesh, bone, blood, muscle, ligaments, tendons? It's so that he could be the ultimate, perfect sacrifice. Hebrews says that the the blood of goats and bulls and lambs couldn't take away the sins of the world. They needed a better, ultimate, perfect sacrifice. Jesus grows up. Unlike us, he is without sin. We sin, we fall short. Jesus did not. He then goes to the cross as this perfect, blemishless, ultimate lamb of God to be sacrificed. And through faith, what we do is we we essentially place our hand on Jesus's head as he, be, as he is being crucified. And we say, Jesus, you die because I have sinned. And Jesus doesn't say, how dare you? He says, please allow me to take the penalty of your sin for you. And what that should do, church, is transform us. When we consider what Christ has done, his perfect body broken, his blood spilled for us, that should make us into new people. Yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, but but just by the knowledge that Jesus has done this for us, that we are guilty, but he's the one who paid for our guilt. And so today, what I want to just encourage you toward and remind you of is the wonders of the gospel, that Jesus willingly, knowingly died for you, and that the thing that brings Jesus the most glory and the most joy is when you would actually place your sin upon him to say, save me from its penalty because that is Jesus's desire so that he can present you as Colossians 1 would say as holy and blameless before him. Stunning. So this morning, as we go into our day or this afternoon or evening, whenever it is you're listening to this, I want to encourage you. Do you have sins that need to be repented of? Would you take those to Jesus, place them upon him and say, forgive me, transform me. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 promises that he will make you into a new creation. And so let's pray to that end. I'm going to kick us off in prayer and you can also pray as well to close out. Again, thanks for joining us here on the Drivecast today. I do hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Father, we praise you and we thank you. What a wonderful, beautiful, good, faithful God you are. The only one and true God. And that you would send your son Jesus to be born in this body of flesh and that body of flesh would have the primary purpose of being the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Would you make us aware by the power of your spirit, sins that we need to repent of, that we need to place upon Jesus? And Jesus, we praise you for taking that penalty for us. Make us a people radical, a radical for putting to death the sin that is within us and honoring the sacrifice, Jesus, that you have ultimately made. We need you. We love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.